Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the takeout ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Five, four, three, two, one. But who's counting, right? His name is Major. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Major Garrett. From the nation's capital. Major, fantastic. It's the takeout. This is a major achievement. With CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent... Major Garrett. Yes, CBS. Yes, hi. Major Garrett. Major, that's nonsense. And you should know better. Is Major out of the doghouse? (laughs) The answer is yes. Welcome to the very best part of my broadcast week. Let me apologize in advance for the show. Not the content. The content's going to be great, like it always is. But sometimes, you know, when we do this show... They have a timeless quality. The show can run anytime, and it's always good. Sometimes it's a heavily time-stamped show. This week is a time-stamped show. We are right in the flow of events. And by the time you catch this show, some of the things you hear, well, they may have already been overtaken by other events. We're going to take that chance because, we're like I said, we're in the middle of the stream of news as it is happening. And what is the news that is happening in Washington today? The ongoing Republican majority quest to find a Speaker of the House of Representatives. Not a typical kind of quest this deep into a Congress, but that's where we are. And someone who's going to help us to the degree he can navigate what comes next is Ken Buck, Republican congressman from Colorado. Ken, it's good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, Congressman, is Jim Jordan the current nominee, speaker-designate, ever going to be Speaker of the House? I don't believe he will, no. Why? Well, he doesn't have the votes. Um, Point one, he doesn't have the votes. Right. He is missing, you know, he started out with 20, he's now down 22. I think he'll be uh, down 25, 26 if if he goes to the floor again. There's another, there are a number of alternatives that I think make sense. 
And uh, at some point, I think Republicans start looking at those. There's the possibility of a temporary speaker, a 30-day, 60-day speaker, who would have full authority to bring an Israeli supplemental bill to the floor, a Ukraine supplemental bill, uh, a spending bill. We're 30 days away from a, a shutdown again in, in, in the federal government. So we have to have a speaker, and the speaker has to have full power to, to make things happen. Uh, so that's, that's the number one uh, option. And the number two option is that there's a power-sharing agreement. Uh, the Scalise forces, the uh, McCarthy-Jordan forces, um, others get together and just decide, you get speaker, you get this, and we need to move forward. Right. Okay. That's a lot to sort out. And uh, I want to remind our audience, we're recording this on October 18th just hours after the second vote on the floor of the House, deciding whether or not Jim Jordan would be Speaker. And as Ken Buck just mentioned, the first time that vote occurred, yesterday, October 17th, he was 20 votes short. Hours ago, he was 22 votes short. Do you think that margin is only going to increase, meaning Jim Jordan will, if there are more votes, continuously fall shorter and shorter of the magic number of 217. I think he bleeds uh, three or four votes this next time, maybe a little bit more if he goes uh, to the floor a fourth time. What he's counting on, uh, there's a lot of grassroots support for Jim Jordan. So the phones are ringing and, and people are making demands and there are a lot of members who have folded as a result of that. Um, but more and more members are going to be able to say, I voted for him the first two times. Now we have to move on and find a speaker. Right. And in general, Ken Buck, does that kind of outside pressure in a leadership election like this typically work? Or well, does it run the risk of backfiring? It, it, it doesn't work with me. Um, but it I doesn't guess, work with you, not personally. But okay. it does work with some other members. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're concerned about a primary from the right. Yep. They get these calls. Um, they take them very seriously. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they, they fold. Has in any cases it backfired? Do you know of members uh, who absolutely. were like, wait a minute, wait a minute, get out of my face. This is a decision I'm making. And this pressure is only digging me deeper into where I'm at. It's even worse than that. Some of them are saying, uh, get out of my face, and I'm voting against the person you want me to vote for because I'm so offended that this is happening. Right. Why is it that you are so confident that, in your words, Jim Jordan will continue to bleed votes? Well, he will continue uh, to lose votes because there are more and more people out there who felt they gave him the chance. Right. And he should not be putting people That it was a tough this. vote for some of them in the first instance and maybe the second instance. But after that, they've got to say, look, other options must be pursued. So, Major, let's back up a, a sure. step here. The Please. first thing that happened in our conference was there was a vote between Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. And Steve Scalise won that vote. And the Jordan people bought, blocked Steve. Steve knew he was going to lose by 12, 15 votes. He wasn't going to the floor and he wasn't going to force people to vote for him um, under those circumstances. So as a gentleman, he decided not to go to the floor. Now those people that supported Steve Scalise are looking what Jim Jordan is doing and saying, wait a second, we gave you two votes on the floor. You were 20 votes and 22 votes short. And Steve Scalise did the right thing. It's time you do the right thing. And so that's part of the motivation for people to move away from them. Do you have any sense, Ken Buck, that Jim Jordan will, quote unquote, do the right thing and bow out? Well, um, I don't. Uh, so back up again. This is really uh, Jim Jordan's only chance to become speaker. 
all the stars have aligned in a way that he is the nominee and he's on the floor. So if he backs out, it's not like Kevin McCarthy backing out five years ago. If he backs out in his mind, um, it's it, over. It doesn't happen again. Right. So he's going to give it every opportunity. Now, maybe uh, Scalise becomes speaker and Jordan becomes majority leader and Jordan puts himself in a position so in the future he could become speaker. Maybe something like that happens. So I wouldn't call it bowing out, but I, I think in, in Jim's mind and in, in his allies, uh, opinion, uh, there is a way to keep this alive, not necessarily as speaker this time, but keep uh, keep the dream alive. If I hear you, Ken Buck, you're saying it's not over for Steve Scalise. It's not over for Steve Scalise, not over for Jim Jordan. Is it over for Kevin McCarthy? Is it over for Kevin McCarthy? Oh, absolutely not. The, the, the whole Jordan play uh, has Kevin is supporting Jim and opposing Steve. And the whole play is that Kevin is the one with the money. Kevin is the one that's been fundraising for five, six, seven years. He has the pot of money. He's going to go out and help members who are going to support him for speaker in the future. This is three-dimensional chess. Yes, it is. The reason I ask is Mike Lawler, who you also know, part of the no coalition against Jim Jordan was on this program last week and he said it is not out of the possibility that Kevin McCarthy could come back into this role. Do you agree with that? I think it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think it'd be very difficult for Kevin to not have four people against him when he had eight people against him earlier. Right, exactly. If you were to try to game plan this out for my audience, do you think Steve Scalise has a better chance or Kevin McCarthy has a better chance as you look at things right now, knowing it's fluid? So um, as things exist right now uh, for this week, I think Steve Scalise has a much better chance than, than Kevin McCarthy. Right. What does this all mean to the House Republican majority? When the opening prayer was read this morning, the chaplain of the House described a cacophony of chaos. That's not a good look, is it? Bless her. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, you're not going to go bless her hard, are you? <laughs> no, no. I, I stopped short of the southern <laughs> saying. I just said bless her. Um, so the the uh, it's not a good image. Number one. Number two. The reality is, we've got 20 Republicans in Joe Biden districts. The chances of us keeping the majority are not great to start with. Then you take a vote for Jim Jordan in a Joe Biden district. Joe, Jim Jordan, who denies that Joe Biden has won the election. Joe, Jim Jordan, who denies that uh, Trump lost or that um, even the electoral votes had to be counted in the way that they were counted. Um, uh, Jim Jordan, who has taken votes against uh, certain aid packages to New York and other places, uh, like uh, the uh, Superstorm Sandy uh, vote. California wildfires. Right. So there are a number of people who are in tough districts who, with Jim Jordan as speaker, are even tougher districts. Right. And some of them cast votes in his favor the first and second time around. Some of them took some hard votes. We're team players. But if I heard you correctly, you're saying some of those team players are going to walk off the field and say, I gave, you, I, gave you, I gave you two votes. You can't ask me for any more than that. That's correct. That's what's going to happen. Yes. Do you think Jim Jordan knows that? Yes. I, I've ta- I just got off the phone with the folks who are closest to Jim, and I, I think he understands uh, that there is very little chance uh, for a, a pathway forward. So now, he- does he let the grassroots continue to hammer away and, and hope that he – because once, once it turns and he starts gaining three or four votes – 
then he calls for another five or six votes in, in hopes of, of hammering people uh, into submission. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, lots to digest here. We're going to do it, and we're doing it in real time. Time stamped, as I said at the top. Ken Buck, Republican from Colorado, is our guest. Major Garrett, take out segment two in a second. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back to The Takeout. Uh, the sounds you hear around us and the atmosphere, it's uh, Santa Rosa Taqueria, very near Capitol Hill. has to be near Capitol Hill. I mean, come on, all the drama's on Capitol Hill, at least in America. There's drama elsewhere. We'll get to that, I promise. Ken Buck, Republican from Colorado, is with us. Uh, so, in your conversations, Congressman, are you suggesting this sort of power-sharing thing, Scalise Speaker, Jordan Majority Leader, and is that something you'd get behind? Well, it is not my first option. My first option is to have a 30-day, 60-day temporary speaker. Okay. Then we go into conference every day if necessary, and, and we have a family conversation, and we try to figure out what is the best move for us. Okay. This idea of enlarged powers for the speaker pro tem, currently occupied by Patrick McHenry. I watched on C-SPAN right after the end of the vote the vote that did not elect Jim Jordan speaker for the second time. Chip Roy, a congressman from Texas, a colleague of yours, and say, on, say on the steps of the House that he was, and this is a direct quote, violently opposed, let me repeat those two words, violently opposed to expanding temporarily the powers of the speaker pro tem. What does that tell you? What it tells me is that he is a Jim Jordan ally and that he wants to make sure that the focus is on Jim Jordan and not on alternatives to Jim Jordan. And, and that's fine. Um, Does the word violently bother you? Not from Chip. <laughs> Chip uses a lot of flowery language, and, and that was probably the cleanest. Do you think he, what do you think he means by that? Well, I think he just is opposed, and, okay. and he is going to be... There, he, I've, I've interviewed... Chip's been on this program. I've talked to Chip many times when he was a staffer and now as a congressman. And right, he uses emphatic language. But in the context, it struck me as worrisome. Am I reading too much into yeah, it? Yeah, you're reading too much okay. into it. Chip, Chip is just saying that, that he is adamantly opposed, and um, I, I get that. He doesn't want people to— And I to guess the reason I mentioned that, Congressman, is that people have told me in the last couple of weeks that it has felt— very fraught in these Republican conference meetings, that there was a nervousness about people getting really angry with each other. And like, we almost saw fisticuffs on the floor of the House in the protracted process to elect Kevin McCarthy Speaker. People have told me that it feels aggressive now, that people wonder if 
people are going to start slugging one another. Well, there, there is a lot of testosterone. There, okay. There's no doubt about that. And, and uh, a lot of it is from folks who aren't used to this process. Uh, a lot of us can sit back and say, you know what, the sun's going to come up tomorrow, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to move forward. And, right. and there is no America special. will continue. Yeah. Congress we, we, will continue. We survived a lot of presidents that, that This is as primal and existential as you're making it out to be. And, and we haven't received that, that uh, aid supplemental request from the White House for Israel. We haven't. It's not like uh, there, there are things that are sitting there that we've absolutely got to get to in, in 10 minutes. But they're coming. They're coming. And, and we'll have a speaker. And I'm not violently opposed to, to right. any, any plan that moves us forward. So describe for my audience, and again, this is a timestamp thing, but you may be hearing a lot more about this in the not-too-distant future. So let's get into it. What do these enlarged powers for a temporary speaker pro tem look like, and what is the means by which to actually have them occur? So, so what is a speaker pro tem? A speaker pro tem, um, if, if something were to happen to the speaker, the speaker um, makes a list of five people. And those people are called in order to become Speaker Pro That's the post-9-11 creation of the House. That is exactly how it happened. And so we've got this list. And I think there's even a, 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 mo- or a, a series that, that you know, is based on having a list like this. We have this list. and um, Designated survivor. Right. Patrick McHenry was the, the top name on the list. His only function is to get a permanent speaker in place. So that's what the speaker pro tem's uh, job duties are. So um, what we would do, in effect, was to say, okay, we will elect Patrick McHenry, and he will agree to resign in 30 days or 60 days so that we can um, move forward with legislation and at the same time figure out who we're going to pick as a permanent speaker. So if he doesn't resign, we have a motion to vacate. We can take him out. But he's agreed, and, and, and somebody honorable like Patrick would never. There's no doubt in your that. mind that Patrick McHenry would That's live right. up to that if, in fact, that were to happen. But he said he's not in favor of that. He says he doesn't want to do because that. Because he doesn't want to take the focus off of Jim Jordan either. He didn't want to take the focus off of Steve Scalise. So nobody wants to say. Or Kevin McCarthy. He wasn't one of the right, guys right. Wanted, to get, wanted to disrupt the leadership at all. Right. So, so the idea that uh, Patrick doesn't want it is only because there are some options that he needs to focus on. Once those options are taken off the table, I think that he would be a good person to do that kind of job. Mm-hmm. And the House could function in a orderly way under this? Would, would this require any votes from Democrats to make this happen? Uh, first, for answer the first part of the question, uh, the House has never been orderly. So I don't <laughs> know enough. that it will function in an orderly fashion. But uh, second, um, yes, it would require Democrats to vote for it. Because there, there's it, always going to be 30 Republicans who vote against something. The Freedom like Caucus members, the hardliners, are probably never going to go for this. Well, I'm in the Freedom Caucus. I will vote for it. There will okay. be other Freedom Caucus members who will vote for it. But, but across the a group of 220, you're going to get 30 that, that aren't going to agree to it. And this is an interesting legal question. Congressman Buck, um, the House, if it votes to change its rules or establish its rules, those are the rules. And the question might arise, well, is this constitutional? Well, Chip Roy, also speaking on the floor, I mean, on the steps of the Capitol, said it's not constitutional. All the Constitution says is the House will choose a speaker, not empower a speaker. And on that basis, people would sue to stop this. What do you think would happen there? It depends how you did it. Um, as I suggested, we're actually choosing Patrick McHenry mm-hmm. as speaker. Filling that, fulfilling that constitutional right. mandate. Right. And, and, and I believe that even in that case, he would get Democrat votes and Republican votes. He would be the speaker. 
Um, and he would agree, I'm giving the Republican conference 30 days, 60 days to, to find a speaker. If they find it in 10 days, I'll resign, and you can have a, a speaker in 10 days. Right. And on that basis, with the House so voting, you believe it would be legally defensible and oh, consistent no with the rules of the House it, it, and the precedent of the House. We're going to go through the same procedure that we would go through to elect Jim Jordan speaker, just with somebody who says, I'm only there temporarily. Now, Congressman Buck, I've talked to Democrats about this idea, and they say, sure, but not without some concessions. We're not going to grant Patrick McHenry effectively the same powers that any other elected Republican speaker would have if we don't get something out of it. Are you open to giving Democrats something that they might want in exchange to create this temporary empowered Speaker Pro Tem? And I don't know what that would be. The Democrats Maybe changing the ratios on the Rules Committee. Oh, that, those ratios have existed for 100 years, so I doubt that's going to happen. But okay, but that's one of their asks. Yeah, it, it may be one of the asks of some people. There, there are a number of people who have come to me and said, we want to move on. Um, this isn't good for the country. What have they said to you in this general? Is, this isn't good for the country. Right. We'll, we'll, just, we'll support somebody, period, end of story. They'll support it. Right. Carte blanche. Just to move. But do they want assurances about what legislation will come to the floor? No, they haven't asked me for that. Okay. Now, now maybe as we get closer, they might. Right. Now, would you be supportive of a supplemental for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan, as the majority minority leaders, Senator McConnell has indicated, might be coming? I would be supportive of a supplemental for Israel, a supplemental for Ukraine, and a supplemental for Taiwan or the Pacific Rim more generally, um, together or separately. Mm -hmm. Would border security need to be a part of? Any one of those, or would you imagine a scenario which all four are put together? Um, I think if you put border security on there and it is too onerous, you lose Democrat votes and and you don't get any of them. Um, And so I think that uh, I think all of those, I think all four should happen. Mm -hmm. And and in whatever way we can make those happen, it should. But clearly there there is a crisis at the border that needs to be addressed. Right. And before we go to break... On decisions about what is or isn't and how it comes to the floor, who would make that if there's a empowered temporary speaker pro tem? Would the majority leader, Scalise, make that decision? Yeah, I, I, the, the, clearly the speaker is in charge. When you say you've got full speaker power, okay. the speaker is in charge. The majority leader runs the floor. The speaker determines what comes to the floor. And, in fact, if, if need be, the, the speaker can even run the floor. I mean, the, the speaker is the speaker. Yeah. And I've found that out the hard way sometimes. (laughs) Very good. That is the voice of Ken Buck. As I said, lots to unpack here. We're going to get to some of the international arena crises here in a second, but a couple more questions on the mechanisms to be teased out in pursuit of a Speaker of the House of Representatives. I'm Major Garrett. Segment three of the takeout in just one second. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to The Takeout. Welcome back to Santa Rosa Taqueria. We're not eating. We're too busy for that right now. We're just having a little water, but folks around us are eating, enjoying things. That's why the show works. You know the atmospherics around The Takeout. Ken Buck, Republican from Colorado, is our guest and I want to dig down on one thing before we move on to Israel, Ukraine, other issues. You asked a very important question, it seems to me, since I wrote a book about it, the election of 2020, to Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. For the benefit of my audience, what was the question? What were their answers? I asked, would you publicly and unequivocally state that uh, Donald Trump lost the uh, 2020 election and uh, Joe Biden won that election. Uh, Both of them uh, said to me, well, I'm concerned about what the Secretary of State in Pennsylvania did, and I'm not sure what happened in Georgia. And, you know, Wisconsin was a whole different story. Neither of them would say yes or no. It's a pretty straightforward yes or no question. So um, they they both hedged on, on that. Then uh, French Hill came up, and he asked an even more straightforward question. He said, did Trump win the election? I'm concerned about the Secretary of State in Pennsylvania. What's going on in Wisconsin? And, and neither of them would, would answer the question then. And, and really, one of the reasons why I am not able to uh, vote for Jim Jordan is not only did he vote to decertify the election, I, I wouldn't have much choice of who would be the speaker if I, if I could only choose a Republican like myself who voted to certify the election results. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to, uh, uh, but one of the problems I have uh, with, with Jim is he, he, was, he went beyond that. And he was involved in, um, you know. He had a lengthy the, phone conversation with the President of the United States leading up to January 6th, which he still hasn't described the contents of or the purpose there behind. Right. And he had, uh, he had members there who were uh, uh, actually going on social media and using other ways of trying to move the crowd from the mall to the Capitol. He was advocating on January 5th with Mark Meadows, sent him a, a text with an attachment um, on how electors could be decertified and asking Mark to talk to the vice president. Um, you know, so there's a lot more there than just voting to decertify. And that's that's one of the issues I've got with, with where Jim is. This issue is important to you. Why? Is it important to you morally? Is it important to you legally? Or is it important to you just tactically? That's bad for Republicans going forward. Um, actually, all three. I, I, I think that... Uh, State them in your order of priority. So morally, I think that um, uh, as an American, um, I, I think it is absolutely essential that we follow the rule of law. And that one of my heroes, Ronald Reagan, said the peaceful transfer of power is absolutely uh, critical to the form of government. And we are unique in the world um, in, in the way that we transfer power. There are other countries that have done it for short periods of time, but nobody has done it for what, what is really the American experience. And so morally, I think it is critical that, that we get that transfer of power right. Even, even if you've got serious questions whether you won an election or not, you you, you, you got to give it up and, and, and live to fight see another Nixon, day. See Nixon, Richard, see Gore, Al. On and to on. To name just two right. contemporary, relatively contemporary examples. Right. Who as vice president presided over the process by which the election was certified and they were deemed the loser. Right. 
Yeah, and the great not an easy thing to do in politics, right. ladies and gentlemen. Right. A very difficult thing to do in politics. Politically, having, as I mentioned before, those Republicans in a uh, Joe Biden district and trying to run for re-election, uh, it makes absolutely no sense to have the face of decertifying the election as our speaker at the same time that we will have the man who is demanding that the election be decertified as our candidate for president, mm-hmm. which is a possibility. Right. What does this temporizing and deflection tell you about Scalise and Jordan? That they're just terrified of telling the truth about this issue? No, no, I don't think either one of them is terrified. I think what, what the reality is, is if they take a strong position on one side, they make 10 or more people mad. They take a strong position on the other side, they make 10 or more people mad. Isn't that the essence of politics? Yeah, but they only have a four-vote margin. So they, they, they're, they're thinking to themselves. So they, they dissembled on every question. It wasn't just that question. They didn't want to make people mad on, you know, I asked them both about Ukraine. Well, I want to, Ukraine funding. I want to see a plan. Well, the plan is that Russia loses. I mean, yes. Ronald Reagan said that a long time ago. I win, you lose. That's the plan. And, and so we need to make sure that, that they're able to say. And it's and not as if the Ukrainians are saying, please come in here and defend our country. They're willing to take up arms. They nope. train themselves incredibly fast on this technologically advanced systems, and they put them into the field right away. And, and they are losing their lives every day because they've been invaded in an illegal war, and, and we're not willing to, to stand up and say, you know what, freedom is worth something. It's important. Mm-hmm. Will, you, will, your, will your party, Congressman Ken Buck, ever get over this sickness of denialism about the 2020 election? I think it will. It won't get over it take? as long as our leading candidate is the person who was the, the power, the force behind that denial. And so I think as, as Trump moves on, we will move on, whether that happens this primary election season or at some other point. Do you want him to be the nominee? I don't. Will you support him if he is? I, I am struggling with that question right now. I, I don't know that he is an existential threat to America, but I, I think that... Uh, you think he's pretty close? I think America could do a lot better. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite that's not named Trump? I have a favorite, uh, you know, five or six favorites right now. <laughs> and anyone but Trump? Well, I don't know that anyone but Trump. I'm not a big Chris Christie fan either, but I okay. certainly think that, that Mike Pence did the honorable thing on January 6th and showed a lot of backbone. I think that Nikki Haley has a great record in, in foreign policy. Do you policy. sense she's gaining momentum? I, I do think she's gaining momentum, and for good reason. On, on the stage, she's willing to speak clearly, bluntly, and, and tell the truth. Um, I, I think that, um, you know... Um, Tim Scott uh, is great. I think uh, Ron DeSantis is great. So I, there are a number of candidates who would be very formidable opponents to, to Joe Biden. Are you uh, waiting eagerly for the possible arrival of Glenn Youngkin? I, I, you know, again, uh, I think he's incredibly uh, uh, impressive. Do you, do, you th- do you think the field needs a Glenn Youngkin? No, I don't. Okay. I, th- I think we have a good field, but I, I think it's important to to stay focused on the people who have been there. I mean, Glenn Youngkin's been governor for two and a half years. That, that doesn't really qualify you to be president. You look at Nikki Haley, who has been governor for eight years and then was, um, uh, you know, ambassador to the UN, I think, mm-hmm. and and 
uh, she, she has foreign policy experience. She has governing experience. Uh, Tim Scott in the U.S. Senate uh, dealing with foreign relations and other issues. Uh, DeSantis sat next to me in, in Judiciary Committee for four years. I know he was really uh, on the ball in, in Congress as well as having been governor. I think did a great job uh, in terms of dealing with Are you COVID. surprised how hard a time he's had as a yes. national candidate? Yes. I am surprised by that, I, and I don't think it's—I don't think it's his fault. I think it's. There, you don't think it's his fault? No, I think there's great candidates, and and I think I don't think you know you don't point to one thing and say, oh, he stumbled here. I think I think it is just a very competitive field, and and I think there's one guy who sucks up all the media with with indictments and other things that it's very hard to overcome that. So, um, we'll start this, and then we'll talk about it on the other side of the break. Your current sense of things, Israel and Hamas in Gaza? Uh, what, what Hamas did was absolutely unforgivable. Israel has every right to uh, defend themselves and make sure that Hamas is never in a position to attack again. When it says it seeks to eradicate Hamas, you support that goal? I absolutely support that goal. And any civilian deaths in Israel or in Gaza are the, are the responsibility of Hamas. And the, and the general public should understand that no country would, would tolerate what happened uh, a week ago. That there's no moral equivalence between a Palestinian civilian dying and the Israeli slaughtered on October 7th. No, because um, that Palestinian uh, civilian has got to get out of Gaza and has got to get out of the war zone that is going to be when, when the land uh, invasion occurs. And you expect that to occur at some point in the not-too-distant future? I do expect that. There, there, there's a whole city underneath the city of tunnels that have, have housed— Constructed by Hamas. Right, that have with housed— With money that could have gone to the civilians. Um, for, for food, education, yes. And so Israel has to go in— take care of what's above ground and also what's beneath the ground, if I hear you correctly. And, and, they're, and they, they are not going to have, they're not going to risk lives for people just to go through and clear tunnels. They're going to destroy those tunnels. It's going to affect what happens above ground also. Voice of Ken Buck, Republican Congressman from Colorado. Stay tuned for a segment for The Takeout in just one second. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back. Continuing our conversation with Ken Buck, Republican congressman from Colorado. Your assessment so far of President Biden's reaction to the situation in Israel and Gaza? I think I think it's good. Um, generally, I, I think there have been some uh, missed signals, and, and that's unfortunate. But I think for the most part... Uh, Are you glad he went? 
to Israel? Yeah, I think that's an important message uh, for the region to, to send the President of the United States to a, a critical ally like Israel, I think is a very good message. It will be perilous work if there is a ground invasion of Gaza. The Israeli soldiers will have to defend themselves as they move forward and as they turn back, because as you mentioned, the tunnels beneath Gaza will allow Hamas fighters to pop up out of those tunnels and shoot Israeli troops from all sides. This will be grinding, bloody, block-by-block urban conflict. And when Israel says this war will not be short, what does that tell you? Well, it it tells me that they're realistic. It tells me that they know exactly the enemy that they're uh, going up against. Uh, Israel has the best intelligence network. Obviously, a huge letdown in this particular situation when the attack The biggest in its history. Yeah. And and, uh, I'm sure they're dealing with that right now. But uh, they also have a a lot of uh, folks in Gaza right now who are telling them what's going on on the ground. What about the hostages? Yeah. The hostages are Israeli and American according to everything we have been told and been able to discern so far. Is that a higher priority than a ground invasion? Um, the, the, it is incredibly sad. If those hostages are still alive, and I'm, I'm sure some of them are. You uh, fear some are dead already. I, I, I have to believe that, that, that some are. But, but the, the, the sadness um, is that you, if you allow Hamas to exist in any form, there will be hostages in the future. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the desire to take Hamas out completely, totally, um, so it does not ever exist again is, is the number one priority. Mm-hmm. The administration has talked about $10 billion as a supplemental for Israel. Is that enough? And do you think Congress, once organized, will be supportive? I think Congress will be supportive. The, the problem that we face is we cannot continue to throw money at different... I mean, we're, we're spending at a level that's far in excess of what uh, Iran is spending or Russia is spending through Iran in, uh, for Hamas and, and Hezbollah. So we, we have got to figure out a way in this country to be able to defend ourselves and have our allies defend their interests at, at a less expensive rate. This isn't the time to have that conversation, mm-hmm. but it is a realistic uh, goal of ours. We give Israel $3 billion every year. In addition, we give them uh, uh, military aid. All of that I, I support. But um, how do we do things uh, that, that are less costly to the U.S.? It strikes me, Congressman Ken Buck, that there is a sense that most Republicans in the House oppose aid to Ukraine. I don't think that's true when you do the numbers, is it? Um, We've had several votes. Uh, The last vote that we had, it was on, um, I think it was $3 million, or no, $300 million of aid that was in a defense bill. And uh, 117 Republicans voted no, 90-something yes. So there were more no's than yeses. But I've talked to many of those Republicans who said, I, I will support this $40 billion aid package. There were other reasons to vote no on that. Right. So I think you're right. That wasn't a clean Ukraine yes or no question. And, and so the, the vote total will be, uh, there will be a majority of Republicans in favor of a aid package to Ukraine. And most Democrats clearly are as well. So there is... Substantial bipartisan support. Yeah, yes. It needs to get to the floor, though. It needs to get to the floor. And that's one of the things that when I visited with Jim Jordan, he said, you know, I want to make sure that we have an inspector general for Ukraine. I want to hear the president's plan. All that's great. 
we have now a task force of the defense, state, and USAID uh, inspector generals who are focused on that. We have Deloitte, who is auditing the aid that goes to Ukraine. There are a number of, of processes in plain place recognizing that Ukraine is a corrupt country. And, and we need to make sure that our, our money is used wisely. A couple of senior government officials have been fired by the president over allegations of corruption. Uh, Zelensky is dealing with this. He is trying to be as good a steward as he can of this outside assistance from Europe and America, while also being a wartime president. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not, and what's so interesting about it is it is part of the old Soviet system. If you look at where the Soviets withdrew... Mm-hmm. They all have this crisis of, of corruption because of how Russia, the Russian culture runs countries. And so, yes, it's bad. Yes, we've got to clean it up, especially if they're ever going to be part of the European Union or NATO. Mm-hmm. But um, now is not the time to have that debate. Now is the time to get Russia out of there and make sure we can help uh, a potential ally. What, Congressman Ken Buck, are the prospects for another government shutdown? As you mentioned, we have a deadline of November 17th coming to extend government funding, and without that, there'll be a shutdown. I, I, I hope the prospects are zero. I know you hope the prospects are zero. I, I, well, what, what is you're, your you're asking me to predict, you? and I'm, you know, I'm, I, I don't bet on horses for a reason, and I don't bet on this game either, and I, I can tell you that uh, we have 30 days to get the job done. Um, uh, Jim Jordan has said he wants a CR so that we can go th- finish all the rest of our appropriations bills. I think other candidates would take the same position. Um, and it's likely that long before the, the shutdown, we have a CR that we send to the Senate. Right. But uh, to go back to where we started, you don't think Jim Jordan's going to be the speaker. You think there's going to be some other arrangement. And however that arrangement settles out, to be determined, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, this is a timestamp show, so events may overtake us. But someone's going to have to make that decision about what the continuing resolution, that's how you keep the government funded at a designated spending level, what that number is and what the process is. Who's going to be that person? Well, it may be Patrick McHenry. It may be Scalise. It may be Jordan. Right. It may be some combination. But that the proposal by Jim Jordan has been widely accepted as a good strategy. So whether he's speaker or not, that may be the template. That's correct. How does this all feel to you? Um, does it feel like something in American politics is being lost or there is a particular waywardness about things right now? Or does this feel just like a a temporary phase that will blow over and is not of much consequence. It feels like a swamp. Um, it feels like there's a whole lot of special interest groups that want us to do things and, and get back to work. It feels like there's a lot of American people who are calling in wanting one thing or another. Uh, there, there, there are attacks from all sides at this point. And my job and, and the job of my colleagues is to make the right decision and move forward and make sure America knows um, we will we will do what we need Does to do. Does it make to you want to stay in Congress or do something else outside of Congress? About the third day I got here, I wanted to do something else. This is. Do you want to be on television? No, no. <laughs> the word is you you want to be on television. Yeah, I've heard that word. I, is that I, not true? No. I, look, I want to stay in the fight. I believe in the marketplace of ideas, and I want to be part of the marketplace of ideas. So, um, whatever, however that. Uh, looks, whether it's um, uh, uh, in, in a consulting capacity or whether it is in TV or radio or um, writing, uh, you know, articles, uh, op-eds. You're not and, announcing and your retirement, are you? I am not. Um, are you going to run for re-election? I am running for re-election right now. Okay. Yeah. So far as things stand right now? That's correct. Got it. Ken Buck, thanks so much for spending time with us. It's been a hectic day. As I said, it's October 18th. 
We'll see where things land by October 20th or 21st. I'm Major Gay. We'll see you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to your takeout outtake especial. We're at Santa Rosa Taqueria. It's a good place to have the especial, don't you think? On the phones, just keep on ringing here on set. Ken Buck is our guest. Ken, tell me the best part of Colorado. The best part of Colorado is the 4th Congressional District. <laughs> of course it is. Can you be a little bit more specific? <laughs> so I represent the uh, eastern plains of Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we not only have a beautiful view of the mountains, mm-hmm. we also have... see the mountains, We yes. can see the mountains. We also produce the food you and the Kansas energy. see Kansas, too. Well... Uh, Kind of like uh, Sarah Palin could see Russia, but but not as well. But, yeah, we have a, a beautiful, uh, hardworking group of people in, in the 4th Congressional District, and that's what makes it so special. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanted to run, and you did run, for the Senate. Are you glad you're in the House and not in the Senate? I, I wanted to make a difference, and I'm, I'm doing my best to make a difference, whether it's in the Senate or the House. I, I, you know, I can't. The nice thing about the Senate is it's a six-year term. Um, the nice thing about the House is it's a, a place uh, where um, McConnell and Schumer don't rule. Mm-hmm. Actually, no one rules right now. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it's a, chaos it's reigns. A it's a free-for-all. <laughs> um, we ask everyone on the show. This show has been going on for seven years. Congressman Ken Buck, uh, these three questions. Take them in whichever order you prefer. Uh, most influential book in your life and why. Favorite movie. Way to think about that is, say, you're scrolling and you see it, you almost automatically stop because it's a movie you just have to watch, even if it's midway through. And if you're driving in the 4th District of Colorado or taking a long flight and you're really going to enjoy some music, I mean, really enjoy it, what artist or genre is that most likely to be? You know I can't remember three things at once, but I'll, I'll <laughs> give it a go. I'll, I'll do my best. Um, I guess movie is Gladiators. Okay. Uh, Why? You know, it's just it just has a lot of good messages in it. Epic and, story. Yeah. Best book is is clearly Bible. Mm-hmm. I, I read it, um, uh, if not every day, uh, you know, five times a week, and it has had the most impact uh, on my life. Um, the other, the second most impactful book was a book I read in college, um, and it was Doris Kearns Goodwin's book about LBJ. And I just thought it was fascinating how someone so screwed up could get to the top. And now I look at all my colleagues, and I'm thinking, I figured this out now. Yeah. It, 
there is there is something that drives people uh, to do uh, you know not to spend time with their family not to spend time playing golf but but to, power of ambition and uh, personal drive yeah. lbj and uh did you say my favorite place? What, music, music, music. Um, you know, I don't listen to much music, but but I would tell you that um, probably the uh, Eric Clapton sort of the music I grew up with uh, in the seventies is probably rock singer songwriters of the seventies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They don't have that channel on Sirius XM, but maybe they'll get that there someday. <laughs> um, you said you might want to stay involved, uh, whether it's in TV or consulting. Do you ever want to be governor of Colorado? No. no. And, and there's not a Republican governor in the next 20 years in there Colorado. Isn't. No. What's happened in Colorado? How would you describe in shorthand the transformation of the state? Because it used to be competitive, and for a while, it was reliably Republican, particularly in presidential years. Yeah, it was. Is that all about Denver? Uh, no, it's all about California. Okay. California has gotten so screwed up that people have discovered this diaspora. You know, you know you're talking to a native San Diegan, okay? Uh, well, it, it, San Diego may be the, the last bastion of, of common sense in California, but um, for the most part, uh, California has gone through this diaspora where uh, Texas has got a bunch of them and Idaho and and for in the the liberal northern Californians have moved to Colorado, and and we and therefore changed the politics. Changed the politics. Each of the last two uh, um, decades, we have received an extra uh, member of Congress. We have gained one member of Congress in Colorado, and and that's largely due to the influx from California, and has largely changed the political dynamics in the state. Do you think if Trump is the nominee, he can beat President Biden? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. I think Trump's the only person who could lose to Biden, and Biden is the only person who could lose to Trump. So I don't know who wins that race. Are you convinced they will both be the nominees? I'm not. I think neither of them will be the nominee. Actually, you and I both agree on that. I don't know how. You don't either. But something tells you and me that this is a much more fluid situation I, I have than faith it currently in the American appears. People. I have faith. So concludes your Takeout Outtake Especial. I'm Major Garrett. That was Ken Buck. We'll see you next week. The Takeout is produced by Arden Fari, Jamie Benson, Sarah Cook, Ellie Watson, Jake Rosen, and Ashley Armstrong. CBSN production by Eric Susanen. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at Takeout Podcast. And for more, go to takeoutpodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS News. If you like the takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast. And to ask Jeff some questions because 
Even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.